Good morning, everyone. Um, let me just uh, open us in prayer. Dear Lord God, we just um, we thank and praise. Sorry, we thank and praise you for how awesome you are, uh, and we just thank you for this opportunity to come together and worship you and um, just hear what you have to say. And I pray, Lord, this this morning that you would that your truth, your words would really come out, and what you want to teach, what you want us to walk away with, I pray is what um, uh, you really stir in our hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just be poured out and people would be strengthened, and that in the midst of giving this message, I just fade in the background, and you are glorified, Lord God. Bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Getting all weepy-eyed right now. Sorry. Um, imagine this, uh, paint a picture for you. You receive in the mail a beautiful envelope. It's really exquisite paper. And the envelope and the invitation inside are written with, in beautiful gold calligraphy. And it's, wow, this is really nice. And, and the invi- it's an invitation to a celebration. And, a friend of yours, a distant friend, has just sold her company, and she's going to throw this huge weekend celebration on the island of Kauai. She wants to fly you and 10 of your friends and family to come to this celebration. And it, she's going to put you up in a four-star hotel on the beach on the island of Kauai. There's going to be a whole host of activities you can pick from helicopter rides, snorkeling, scuba diving, sailing, fishing, parasailing, a bunch of activities you haven't even heard of before on this list. And then the culmination of this weekend is going to be a, just a fantastic banquet in this open air venue. It's on the, right on the ocean. You're going to get a chance to see the sunset during dinner. And the menu for this banquet, it's got... It's like this really long list of all these delicious and varied foods, you know, your favorites, filet mignon, just, just it goes on and on. And then the culmination of this, the, of this uh, banquet is going to be a huge fireworks display over the ocean. What would be your response to this? You'd be, you'd get, get on the, you know, get on your, get on the phone, call your friends, call your family, get them, you know, get all that arranged, and get that RSV back in the mail just as quickly as you could, right? Well, now imagine a few days later go by, and uh, a, a mutual friend, a neighborhood friend who you trust and he's a good guy, you, you, you know, you trust his judgment. He calls up and he says. You know that that celebration that Susan's inviting all these people to? Don't go to that. Don't go to that. That's everything she's promising. It's it's not going to pan out. It's it's actually going to be a timeshare sales pitch, and they're going to try to they're going to try to get you to buy a condominium timeshare. Don't don't go. Don't do it. Um, and he says, well, and and by the way, on that same weekend. I'm, I'm going to have a barbecue pool party, and I'm having the whole neighborhood come over. It's going to be fun, and, and your family's all invited. 
Um, yeah, so you should you should definitely come. So you're thinking, you know, you trust this guy, and you're thinking, wow, maybe I really shouldn't do the the Kauai thing. Maybe I shouldn't do the the you know fly to Hawaii. And and so a few days later go by, you know, near the time of the event. Susan calls you and says, are you coming? You know, I've got all the plans all set up for you. And you tell her, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. Uh, got, got other plans. I, I, sorry, I just can't make it. Can, can you imagine doing something like that? It's, just think about it a little bit. I mean, there's this, this pull of, of what's kind of um, familiar and understandable and and close to home versus what's you know fantastic and and uh, unbelievable seemingly and and unusual and so there's kind of this this feeling here just think about that as we're as we spend time um, going through the scripture that we're going to look at today so what we're going to talk about today Jesus actually talked about celebrations and and uh, and banquets and things like that. Uh, on several occasions, and we're going to look at uh, a, a parable where he told about the great banquet. Before I uh, we actually uh, get into the scripture, though, I just want to give a little background. Uh, Jesus, this event that he gives the parable, he uh, he's uh, talking to Pharisees. A Pharisee has actually invited Jesus to his home, and um, for this meal, and there's a lot of other Pharisees there as well. And Pharisees are uh, the Jewish uh, re- religious leaders at the time, and they knew the Old Testament scriptures backwards and forwards. They knew it cold, but the, most of them were more interested in following all these rules, all these, and even some of their own traditions, more than really seeking after God with their heart. And so it's this, it's in this environment, this circumstance that Jesus is telling this parable. And so. Uh, we'll go ahead and read the scripture here, but uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we'll pass them out. Um, this is going to be in Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 24, and it's uh, page 874 on the, the Bibles that we're passing out. All right, so if everybody's got it, we will put it up on the screen as well. Starting at this, uh, again, chapter 14, verses uh, 15 to 24. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he, that being Jesus, said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, 
None of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. So Jesus is telling this this story in response to uh, what this this one man sitting next to him in verse 15. He, the guy next to him uh, says says uh, he says, let's see, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. So this guy says this, and um, he may have said this uh, to um, maybe try to uh, make a statement that everyone could agree with, and kind of. Uh, make it so that everyone feels a little more comfortable because Jesus has been saying all these very direct statements to these Pharisees that are gathered there, including even the, the, uh, the person, the man that's actually hosting this, this uh, supper, this Sabbath supper at his house. And so Jesus has been making all these very direct statements, and so the man sitting next to him says this, and, and may, he may have said this in order to kind of try to smooth things over, make people feel more comfortable. And... Jesus, what in any case, what this does is it provides an opportunity for Jesus to talk about the kingdom of God. And so um, it helps, to, in any case, whether it was to make people feel comfortable, in, or in any case, it offers the opportunity for Jesus to talk about the kingdom of God. And it probably does anything but make the people there feel comfortable. Um, so talking about just invitations in terms of the way invitations worked back in, back in uh, Jesus' time. Typically, it was customary to send two invitations. One invitation, the first one would be weeks or days in advance, and it would be, um, you know, you, you get the invitation, you'd say, yes or no, I'm going to be coming to an event, similar to kind of like our modern-day RSVP. And then there would be a second invitation, which would be more kind of an announcement that, hey, everything's ready, please come. And the reason for that is because the uh, you know at that time they didn't have clocks and they didn't have um, you know modern appliances so there was ambiguity about when exactly was everything going to be ready and for everybody to come so that's why there was this uh, you know customarily two invitations and so the man of the house in the story he sends out his servant to to tell everyone come for everything is now ready and that would have been the second invitation. So what happens next? You know, all the all these people that are invited, and they would have been invited, you know, in advance. They all, at the time of the actual event, they all start making excuses, and they say, oh, "I'm not coming. Not, not going to. Not going to do it. I got other things going on." This would have been a huge insult. This would have been like, uh, like you, you know, you invite everyone to a wedding. You know, you send all your invitations out. The RSVPs come come back in. They all say they're coming, and then no one shows up. Can you imagine how angry and disappointed, and and just all the waste of the money and the food? So Jesus, you know, says all alike decided not to come. You know, they all did. Jesus describes three of those people that uh, that made their excuses. And the three excuses were, the first one was the guy bought a piece of land and he wanted to go see it, inspect it. The second one was that five team, this man had bought five team of oxen and he wanted to go inspect them as well. And the third was that, uh, that um, the man had just been married. So the commentaries I've read about this, they... they uh, they say that you know, these are poor excuses. And I, I would agree that I think they're poor, lame excuses as well. But I can also put myself in these men's shoes. I can kind of understand them doing this. 
the first guy, um, you know, buying the land, um, one of the commentaries I read said, said some ancient purchases did require a post-purchase inspection. So it, it was likely that, you know, you, you bought a person you bought a piece of property, you'd want to inspect it, make sure it was contractually as, you know, what you paid for. It might be akin to modern day uh, purchasing a home and doing that kind of final walkthrough before you close escrow and you get the keys. So, you know, some big event like you buy a house, you know, you maybe forego going to a wedding, a wedding reception, for example. Second guy He's, it's a poor, it's not as good excuse as I got I want to check out my five team of oxen that I just bought. And I could kind of see doing that. I just imagine purchasing a brand new car or truck and you want to try it out, you know. I could see wanting to do that rather than, say, going to a wedding reception or something like that. So I'm not saying it's right, but I could see doing it or having that, that desire to do that. And then the third guy, that's probably the most uh, least... Uh, least lame excuses, I guess, uh, getting married. Um, you know, I can imagine I would much rather go on my honeymoon than go to somebody else's wedding reception or banquet. Um, but it really doesn't tell us when the guy got married. He may have been married for a year or something like that. And in any case, he could have invited his wife to, to come to this banquet as well. The truth is, though, all three of these guys, they would have, been, they would have all responded to this opportunity to come to this, bank, to this banquet well before this. And so they all decide not to come at, the very, you know, at this second invitation, this, this announcement that everything's ready. So in that sense, these are all really uh, poor excuses. In fact, they're insulting. They're, they're rude to, to say you're coming and then not. All these men's excuses really reflect their, that the timing was inconvenient, that they were more interested in their immediate and familiar needs and desires and wants. And they were kind of, hey, I've got to take care of this stuff that's, that's on my plate right now, rather than, than going to what they said they were going to go to. And, and it wasn't just, you know, it's not like Jesus said it's a mediocre banquet or it's a, you know, it's a banquet. It's a great banquet. So it's... It's likely that it's going to be a, well, it is going to be a fantastic celebration. So what's the owner's response to this, to the, all these excuses and all these people not coming? Well, he's understandably angry. Nobody showed up. But he's not deterred. He's not going to not have the banquet. No, he's going to have the banquet, and he's going to invite everybody he can, all these other people, to, to try to, to see if he can fill his banquet and, and have it. First he goes to the, to, the, to the city and all the lame and the handicapped and, and blind, and he, and he tries to get them to come and, and invites them. And the servant says, Master, I've done that, but there's still room. So he says, go out to the highways, go out to the hedges, go out to the, the homeless encampments, get everybody you can. I want to have my banquet. I'm going to fill this house, and we're going to have a banquet. So in Sunday school... My Sunday school teachers always told me a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So what's the heavenly meaning of this earthly story about, um, about these guys and their excuses and not wanting to come to the banquet? Well, I'll try to give you my, my understanding of that and what I've read and, and, and kind of go through the elements of, of this parable just uh, briefly. So the man giving the banquet, who would that be? That would be God the Father in heaven. And the banquet is, uh, is heaven. It's spending eternity with him. 
the servant would be Jesus. Jesus is going out to to announce that um, the banquet is ready and the scriptures are fulfilled. The guests, the guests would be the Pharisees, the Jewish people, uh, and it would be the people that he's actually talking to here. The first invitation, which is kind of implied in this scripture, is would, would be from Moses and the prophets. It would be the Old Testament promise of the Savior to come. The second invitation is Jesus' gospel message where he comes and he says, I'm here and I have a way for you to come to eternity, to come to this great banquet. Come now, everything's ready. The scriptures are fulfilled. And those outside the city, those outside the city would be the Gentiles. Those would be the, the rest of the people that are not, you know, those that are not part of the Jewish nation. So where do we fit into this story? Well, we're the Gentiles. We are the people outside the city that we have the opportunity to, to come to know Jesus and to, to come to this, this banquet. The key thing is, is the, the, whoever you are, Jew or Gentile, the key thing is you have to accept the invitation. The invitation is given and you've got to seize it. The, the invitation is not going to be there forever. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know, don't have a relationship with him, this message is for you. This, this is an invitation to spend eternity with God. It's an invitation to a great banquet. It's an invitation to, to all that God has to offer. And if you're interested in finding out more about this and want to, want to seize this opportunity for this invitation, please come up afterwards and we'd love to talk and pray with you. If you know Jesus already, it's, it's easy to kind of think, wow, those guys really came up with some lame excuses and I, I would never do that. Well, I think don't judge too hastily. Um, don't we all, at some point, probably all, for myself, all the time, get so, um, so involved in our day-to-day lives, in our work, our family, our recreation, our possessions. We, we get into these, these uh, immediate, familiar, earthly, temporal things that we, we take our eye from off of God and what he has to offer us and what amazing things he has to offer us. It, it makes me think of when I was a kid. Um, my mom, um, she used to make this great lasagna dinner. I loved it. It was my favorite dish. And uh, my brothers loved it too. And so we, uh, you know, she'd get, she'd get dinner ready around like 4.30, 5 o'clock or something like that. And we would be watching cartoons. That was kind of our normal thing. And we were all like watching cartoons, cartoons we'd seen dozens of times before. And we're sitting there, gl- eyes glued to the TV. And my mom has to, co- you know, comes in and says, hey, I've got lasagna dinner ready. You know, and this is my favorite dish. And she has to, like, herd us to the table, you know. She has to literally turn the TV off and say, you know, come on, guys, uh, wash your hands, come to the table, have dinner, you know. I've got lasagna on the table. And, you know, how often aren't we just the same way? We, we, we get so involved in our day-to-day. We, we settle for crumbs or, or 
cartoons when we can have like a delicious lasagna dinner or more of more of God and what, what he has for us. <laughs> there was a there's a scripture that really I think hits home with this and that's um, Jeremiah 2:12 through 13. It says be appalled o heavens and this is this be appalled o heavens at this be shocked be utterly desolate declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You know, cisterns are just holes in the ground to hold water. And these aren't, this isn't even a good cistern. It's one that's leaking. And we're kind of like that. We try to find our, our, um, our satisfaction, our joy, our... Uh, just kind of our, our solving our immediate needs by, by, by trying to do them ourselves and do things from just being, handling things from this life. I'm not stating this very well, I apologize. But a cistern is, you know, you're, you're trying, to, trying to do it yourself. And why do that? Why, why settle for something that's, that's not even good when you've got living water that's a fountain that's going to fill you to overflowing and really actually satisfy and really actually provide you joy. These things over here, these earthly things, these earthly uh, temporal things, they're only going to offer just uh, just just a short-term relief. Um, and it's going to fade away and you're going you're gonna to still feel empty. But with, with God, you have a living water. He tells us that. A few weeks ago, uh, Josh McGuire was talking about suffering. And he's, he was saying that suffering is, um, you know, as Christians, we're called to suffer. And as Christians, we are called to suffer, no doubt. And, and um, you know, Josh was saying that one of the, one of the reasons for that is uh, to be a demonstration of how God loves us and is willing to suffer, was willing to suffer for us. And in, in, in a tangible way, we, we model that, we demonstrate that uh, in our lives. And our suffering is not just for suffering's sake, it's, it's, it's to gain more of him. It's to gain more of him. We're, what we forego, what we endure today is to gain more of him. I, I think a commentary that I, I read um, really kind of hits home with this. Jesus is not calling us to join him in a labor camp, but in a feast, the wedding supper of the Lamb when God and his beloved church will be joined forever. So we're, we, may, we are called to suffer, but the end goal is a great banquet. The end goal is, is that wedding banquet with, with our Lord and Savior in heaven. And, and God talks about this in Revelations 9, 16, 6 through 9. He says, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, 
to me, these are the true words of God. Heaven is going to be awesome. Spending eternity with God is going to be awesome. It's going to be better than any backyard barbecue pool party. It's going to be way better than even an all-expense-paid weekend in Kauai. It's going to be better than the best experiences you've had in this life. It's going to be better than the best possible things that you can even imagine. God created every good thing you've had. He's given you every great experience you've had. How much more is the God of the universe going to delight and amaze you and fill you to overflowing with love and joy and hope? Heaven is not going to be boring. (laughs) Heaven is a party. Heaven is a celebration. Heaven is a great banquet. I heard a quote uh, recently. Um, God is not boring. We, we are the ones that are boring. <laughs> if, if anybody thinks that Christianity is boring, it's, it's, not a, it's, not, it's not God, it's us. Um, I just, I just want to pray as, uh, as King David did in, in Psalm 51.12. For myself and everyone else here, restore unto us the joy of your salvation. Restore unto us the joy of your salvation. As Christians, we have, we have an opportunity to spend eternity with God. We have an opportunity to, to attend this great banquet. And we, we have this invitation. We have this message. We have this gospel. We need to be... We have the good news that will, that will give hope and joy and peace. So I just encourage, I'm preaching to myself as much as everyone else here, just be filled with the joy that God has and, that, and get the word out and, and let people know that they're invited to this great banquet as well. So let me just pray, close this in prayer. Lord God, you have given us the invitation to a great banquet. You have given us the opportunity to spend eternity with you. Thank you for that, Lord God. And just restore in our hearts that joy for that celebration, for that great banquet that you've invited us to. And Lord, fill us with to overflowing, to want to just, we can't help but tell others around us about your, your good news, about this invitation that you've invited everyone to come to you and to celebrate with you and glory in you, Lord God. Bless us and and help us to just fill us with that message, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.